Hey everyone, before this podcast begins, we want to tell you about some other arts-related podcasts you're going to love. They are The Conduit Music Podcast, Artsville, Gringo and the Man, Art World Horror Stories, and Not Real Art. On these action-packed podcasts, you'll hear experts talk about creativity, design, the music biz, the art world, visual art, American craft, Chicano art, street art, graffiti, and even stand-up comedy. So be sure to find and follow these great arts podcasts today. Now, back to your regularly scheduled programming. Warning, the Not Real Art Podcast is intended for creative audiences only. The Not Real Art Podcast celebrates creativity and creative culture worldwide. It contains material that is fresh, fun and inspiring and is not suitable for boring old art snobs. Now, let's get started and enjoy the show. Greetings and salutations, my creative brothers and sisters. Welcome to the Not Real Art Podcast, where we celebrate creative culture and the artists who make it. I'm your host, Sourdough, coming to you from Crew West Studio in Los Angeles. Man, do we have a cool program for you all today. I have no doubt you will learn, grow, and be inspired by today's show. Before we get into our main event, I want to thank you for tuning in. Please be sure to like this episode and subscribe. Your likes and follows help ensure you won't miss any of our new shows, and it makes the algorithm gods happy, which helps us, so thanks for that. Also, be sure to visit our website, notrealart.com, sign up for our newsletter to keep your finger on the pulse of everything we're doing here at Not Real Art for artists and art lovers. A lot of great stuff there. On the website, you'll see you'll get uh, free educational videos. You can sign up for our artist grant for the chance to receive $2,000. You can buy affordable original contemporary art through our partnership with Sugar Press, and you can become a supporter through Patreon if you want. So be sure to check out our website today for all the good, healthy stuff we got for you. Okay, people, today we have the one and only Debbie Cable. Debbie is a friend and a dope artist, and I'm just so grateful to know her and have her on the show today. Her hand-painted fluorescent murals are so cool. They create an immersive architectural environment that is enhanced by her signature black light 3D glasses, which causes just like an explosion in your eyes and in with your senses. It was just like a visual carnival for your eyes and your imagination. I mean, it's so cool. And of course, it's awesome for your Instagram account. Her stuff is fantastic. I mean, she is bona fide LAOG artist. Her list of credits go on and on. You'll hear about them on the show. She, like me, is a fellow burner. And we talk about our mutual love for Burning Man on this. And so you have to put up with that because, of course, you know, nothing's more annoying than listening to a couple burners talk about how awesome Burning Man is, right? <laughs> anyway, you got to check her out. Debbie Cable, DebbieCable3D.com. I just adore her. She's an awesome human being. So without further ado, Ado, let's get into this and hear from the one and only Debbie Cable. Debbie Cable, 
Welcome to the Not Real Art Podcast. So thrilled to be here, Scott. Thanks for uh, having <laughs> me over today. Wow. How cool is this, man? I mean, I, I, I shit you not. I literally, I mean, I've been wanting to do this for a long time. Thanks for sitting down. Where, By the way, I want to tell you that you'd absolutely win the award for the coolest backdrop of all of our guests ever. <laughs> Oh, this whole thing? I mean, if our <laughs> if our listeners could see what I'm seeing, there are three fish swimming by your head on over your left shoulder, I think. And there's a seemingly a shipwreck uh, behind you as well of some kind. I mean, what is happening? Where are we finding you right now? You're in the studio and mm. we just threw this up. This is our, our new prints that we're making now of some of the hand painted artwork. So this is usually a little chaos. I've been really bringing a lot of shows back in right now. So just trying to, it's aesthetically pleasing. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, your work is so dependent on a public that is healthy and out and about the last two years for you. It's been a little crazy. Yeah, the last two years for everybody has been crazy, but in for all artists, but especially you. I mean, how the hell have you been coping? You know what? For a year, I didn't do anything. I cleaned the house. Yeah, I uh, redid my yard. <laughs> was it that dirty? Uh, you know what? It takes I need a, a whole year. <laughs> well, because I was like building things and rearranging things, and going, yes, and the, yes. the yard definitely took a while to get. You know, but you know, got my victory garden going. So we got gardening yeah, now, yeah. and I'm very succulent positive these days. So we've got lots of succulents we're adding, and right on. Just keeping it around the garage was no joke. Like getting. I moved, I built a shed in the back, so now it all lives in a in a nice little shed, so I can have a studio to work in here. So it did take. Now a you're while. down in the OC, right? I am. Or where where yeah. are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, right. Yeah, it's uh, it's blissful down here. It's so quiet. I lived next to the train <laughs> the train station at the brewery for ten years, and uh, that was no joke. 24. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's not quiet there. (laughs) It's not quiet at the brewery. But I mean, you're an OC girl originally, right? Didn't you grow up in the OC? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, So it's definitely coming back home for me. And, you know, just trying to figure out where what I do fits in the Orange County market. I mean, I can go anywhere. That's just it. So, you know, but uh, it's nice to do something at home. Well, I'll tell you what. So for our listeners who are not familiar with the Debbie Cable experience, tell us about your work. Tell us about the immersive, fluorescent, amazing experiences that people are able to enjoy with your work. Tell us about your work. Well, we've been doing this for about 10 years. They're all hand-painted murals uh, in fluorescent colors, and I designed them to work with the chroma depth glasses to where they be, they look like in 3D when you put on the glasses. Your brain kind of does it normally, but the glasses really emphasize how color works in your brain and how it hits your your eye cone and your eyes separate the light. And it gives like a rainbow, different colors are at different wavelengths. So it, I translated that into the artwork to where it works with this. And it's been pretty popular so far with the kids. <laughs> Absolutely. Fun for the whole family, right? Yeah, I get little kids in there and then I'll get, you know, 92, 90 year olds in there and they're both, you know, it turns them into kids again, too. So it's, uh, you know, I've struggled a lot with it, but to see how it makes people feel is worth all of it every time. So, but take us back to the beginning, because I'm guessing you, like most artists, you know, started creating and making art at a young age. I don't know. I mean, at what point did you realize you're an artist? Where did you start? And take us through your journey. From day one now to the amazing immersive experiences that you're creating. 
Oh, well, all right. Well, uh, but uh, my first artistic experience that I remember was getting in trouble for coloring on my walls as a kid. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much the whole bedroom got in trouble. You were tagging the, yeah, your mom's house. Yeah, <laughs> as a kid, you know, just, I don't know what right. I'm doing. It's just crayons. Right. And so I, I remember getting <laughs> trouble for that. So um, I don't even remember. I mean, I was super young. So, and then it evolved into, we lived in South Orange County and Laguna Beach. So being down in Laguna through school and stuff like that, going through all that made it into the, some of the finals for the Laguna Arts Festival for all the schools in Orange County. That's quite a, an accomplishment. Yeah. Yeah. There's five seniors from all of Orange County that get shown at that show. And I was one of them. So Woo-hoo. that was pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, you have to go through tons <laughs> of art shows that you have nothing to do with or know anything about. Then you show up or you don't. So right, right. So I, I kind of knew I had it. My family was always an artist. My grandmother was a very famous artist in her own right from Australia. Wow. That's a fun fact. I didn't know right? that. That's very cool. She painted velvets. And so she did velvet Elvises and. Oh my God. Did she happen to do the dogs playing poker, I, the dog poker game? I love that one. I don't know if she ever got that crazy, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. they had the velvetorium in Chinatown. Yes. 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 I went in there one day and I'm like, do you have any Gloria Jones? And he pulled out a velvet Elvis, two of them. Velvet Elvis amazing from my grandmother. That's super cool. Yeah, yeah. So that was fun. Yeah. So and I was with a friend from out of town and, and so it looked really cool. <laughs> <laughs> Made me look really cool. So that was fun. I mean, you come by it legitimately, right? There's a there's yeah. a family legacy around the arts. Yeah. And I mean, I didn't really even put it together until I really started being like, oh yeah, vel- <laughs> painting on velvet and painting on duvetine. I mean, it's it's very similar techniques. So Okay, okay. I haven't tried velvet. Sounds like a pain in the ass, but <laughs> so is carpet. I paint carpet, so it can't be that bad. So right yeah. on, right on. Yeah. Wow, that's so groovy. So then, you know, so in high school, I mean, it's pretty clear that you got the goods and, you you know, you've got a future in the arts if you want it. Where So then what? Did you go to art school? Did you just no, are you self-taught? I mean, it's all self-taught. No art school. Pretty much from high school went into drafting and computer uh, drafting and all that. Oh, interesting. Yeah. But then from there went and fell into the Renaissance Fair and started doing handcrafts for a long time. And then from there ended up in between shows like you just are destitute and ended up getting a job painting a restaurant in Orange County and doing murals. And he saw that I painted and went through and I painted the whole restaurant. And then that kind of led into, I jumped in, I'm like, oh, big scale painting, like I can do this. Right. And then and did a couple of houses around Orange County and then ended up going to Vegas and painting in the casinos in Vegas and working. Okay. Fun fact again. I mean, we're learning all <laughs> kinds of things. I mean, uh, so right. Vegas, you did some time there. Have you sobered up yet? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> what year was that? When were you in Vegas and what casinos? My first casino, oh, well, the first stuff I did was for the win, for Steve Wynn, and they were doing for the Beau Rivage and sending mm-hmm. it out to Mississippi. Mm-hmm. And then the Bellagio we worked in, the mm-hmm. MGM, the Paris Hotel and the Venetian are kind of, you know, I have a lot of work in both sure. of them. So, so uh, by different. the way, I mean, that's kind of, dare I say, a coveted gig. I mean, how the hell yeah. did they find, I mean, how did you land that? How did they find you? The company I worked for was called Paint and Place. I don't know if they're there anymore. That was a bunch of lunatics, but they got some <laughs> good gigs. Yeah. The guy who, who ran the company, his 
father and grandfather started a sign painting business. Mm-hmm. And like all of the restaurants in Orange County and LA, all the hand painted signs were, were there. Yeah. Oh, so, cool. and then they ended up getting the gig for the stratosphere lowballed everybody so they could get the job. And yeah. then, so when I work, went to work out there, they didn't know what they had. So they didn't know that I was, could be t- taught easily. So it, right, it right. taught me to work big and fast and, and yeah. what it meant to be like size. Yeah. So, I mean, so clearly when you started working in that restaurant and you started doing bigger walls or bigger surfaces, it sort of was an epiphany for you. You're like, okay, no, no, I like to work at scale. Like this is my sweet spot. So to sure. Speak. Well, yeah. you know, then I, I came back from Vegas in 2000 because you can only spend so much time. There. <laughs> yeah. I got my two days or two, uh, two nights is my limit now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I've learned now I can go visit, but I have to leave. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, I was there for a couple of years, and I mean, it really gave me some really good chops on how to how to do what I do and have an eye for it and move fast and you know for faux finishing and marbling and any wood graining, any of that technique. Like in the big days in the late eighties and nineties, like I was crushing it. And come back from Vegas to do it back here for CEOs and big homes in Newport, yeah. up and down the coast. So that was that was pretty cool. But then I got kind of that I moved to L.A. and saw the art scene there. And that was kind of the end of that. It's like I need to be a part of something bigger. And that's when you moved into the brewery, when you moved to L.A.? I moved into we were at the Pacific Electric Lofts first down on 6th and Main. Okay. They, yeah, I mean, it's one of the bougier places, but it was still like, you know, the Wild West down there like it has yeah. gone back to. But. Yeah, right. It was good for a second. And we, you know, moved. <laughs> I moved. It was the Home and Garden Channels, one of their investments reinvesting in America. So it was mm-hmm. one of their pet projects. They had gotten like $100,000 to start renovations on that building. And like 400 movies have been there, like Roger Rabbit, Spider Man, all sorts of the originals. So it was like a really great place to move into yeah. the downtown and, and the yeah. art scene and. Pete's had just opened on Fourth and Main, and like all Main Street was kind of Burt Green and right. right. So, so what were the years? I mean, what year are we talking? Or what years? Oh my gosh! I mean, Alex had just—you guys had just had the the store open too. Okay, so you so you came to the gallery, Crew West. Okay, yeah, yeah, got you. Got you. I thought so. Right, right, right. Nice. Yeah, those are good years. Old timers, yeah, with Bedlam and like you know, I was definitely part of the Bedlam crew, and that was yeah, you know, yeah. Talk, talk about deep in the art scene. That was you know, <laughs> as underground as you could get, and being a yeah, you know, being man. friends and family with those people are still nearest and dearest for sure. Absolutely, I, yeah, it, it, I got to be careful because now you've got me triggered, and I'm going to want to go down memory <laughs> lane because those are those are fucking great years. But so right, so then you were downtown six and Main, and then then you ended up at the brewery. At yeah, some then point. I ended yeah. up the brewery, and when I was downtown, I had ended up being on the Arts Council, and right. that brought me to the marketing committee of downtown LA. My friend was like the president, and he's like, "Hey, why don't you come into the meetings and represents the art of LA?" And I'm like. Okay, because even though the arts were still going on, like nobody was really representative of them for a political aspect mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, networking. And, and, you know, that threw me into, oh, here's every marketing person for all of the businesses in downtown LA in the same room. Like, what a, <laughs> yeah. Hello. You know, yeah. <laughs> Mom made him cookies Shut one time. I, I won everybody's <laughs> hearts at once. Yeah. I, here's a cookie, you know. Yeah. 
So then I ended up being the art director for Pershing Square. I had met right. Louise Capone yes. there. Yes. So I'm like, I have a city square in downtown LA that nobody's Hello. using to decorate. <laughs> like, I'll take it. So, you know, for free, of course. Right, right, right. Of course. On my end yeah. and theirs. But I brought Mark Walsh in to help. He helped, brought some sculpture and helped finance some of the, the projects, which 10 years later, 11 years later, it's still the Art Squared project is still going off in the park, even though kind of the big vision that we had for him, it kind of sizzled away like a lot of things do. Yeah, but you but you know, but those seeds that you planted, right? Sure. I mean, they, oh. they continue to bear fruit. They've just sort Huge. of morphed yeah. and evolved. And yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. without me being there, fine. <laughs> Good with that. <laughs> right. Literally, most of my life is here. Let me drop some ideas on you, and if you pick it up and run with it, it's for the good of more. Keep going. Yeah, it, totally, so. totally. I remember one time having a conversation years ago with this artist who was quite a little paranoid, if not very paranoid, and she said to me, "She said, but what if they steal my ideas? I have all these ideas, and and if I if I talk to these people and I tell them ideas, what if they steal them? I'm like." So what? Because guess what? The reason they're stealing your ideas is because they can't come up with any ideas on their own. And you're going to have a hundred more ideas tomorrow. (laughs) So (laughs) It's a a perfect example because like Pershing Square was that because once me and Burke really clashed because he saw what I was doing and then he wanted to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was all like, hmm. So finally coming up with the installation and the immersive thing is like finally it's something that's mine and that nobody else can take credit for. And that's right. really where it started from. Yeah. Yeah. Little, yeah, little yeah. spite, little, little sugar, little spite, you know? <laughs> yes. Yes. There are, there's drama in the art world. Clearly uh, <laughs> it's not all good. It's not all love always, but we have our little dramas, but okay. So then you move into the brewery. I'm sorry. I'm being adamant. I want to, I want to understand this journey. So take us to the brewery. Well, before the brewery, my art world, I met Matt Gleason and that changes. Oh yeah. A lot of people's lives. Yeah. Shout out Matt. So Matt and Lee, Lee, they were still had the gallery at the brewery. So I went to, I saw like randomly picked up the magazine of art world bootcamp. And I'm like, how can I not want to, yeah. And I was kind of getting away from the guy I was living with at Six in Maine because he was really crazy. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'll go. I'll, let me do something. This will give me something to do downtown. And boy, did it change everything. Right. So it gave me, gave me some tools and perspective and, and the fact of what are you really doing here? Is yeah. this serious? Is this is a business? Is this going to be, are you just fucking around or what's going on? So, oh, sorry. Do I do that? Can I say? I know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. We, okay, we can fucking cuss. It's fine. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll try and keep it back then. No, no, but it, it, it is interesting, right? Because I mean, at the colony, right? I mean, as the name says, I mean, you're in a community with other mm-hmm. artists and they're going to kind of be that tough love element where it's like they're help you support you, but also question your intent. I mean, is this, is this, are you, are you for real? Are you full time? Are you pro? Or are you just dabbling? Are you? I definitely, when I showed up, I was definitely dabbling. I had just kind of gotten an offer through painting houses that we were going to go to like some island for the Home and Garden Channel and do some big house out there. So when I put that on my application, I think they pushed everybody else. Even though I never got the job, I think they pushed (laughs) me in and I ended up, you know, they're like, all right, we want you. I'm like, okay. And I ended up with like a, a great spot at the back of the brewery. It was right up against the train yard. So, I mean, it was the noisiest place ever. (laughs) And right now with all the, I could have watched all the box drama and some weird stuff. Like I'm I'm glad I'm not there 
yeah. with what's going on over there right now. But it did me some time for 10 years. We were kind of the, it ended up being, you know, small. And then when Pershing Square kept evolving and then Lily brought Autumn Lights to Pershing Square. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. now we have a light festival for downtown in LA. It's like how fabulous. That's exactly what we were, you know, why they brought me in was to try and network and bring this kind of collaboration together. That's how, then I started the koi fish carpets. And I'm like, oh, it can't just be a carpet because it's a light show. Oh, now it's got to glow in the dark. (laughs) So it all started with a koi fish. Yes, yes. And has gone from there. Yeah. So as the brewery, moving into the brewery just made it, bigger and and ended up working with the people from Alter Vision and came in and they were kind of along the same lines doing a black light immersive so they brought me in but they were doing very rudimentary art so they kind of brought yeah. it into the professional game right which they could have choose anybody but they chose me and kind of went good for a while and then I kind of had to steer away from too much drama so I'm doing much better now. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I have to ask, of course, at what point in, in this uh, journey did you find yourself on the playa and then decide, you know, I mean, you doubled down in such a big way in terms of uh, Black Rock City and Burning Man. I mean, mm-hmm. take us through that element. I mean, like, when did when did that start to happen for you? And, you know, how did that evolve? Well, I'd had a was dating a much younger boyfriend for a while that had gotten me like, robbing the cradle yeah, I like uh, you know they, <laughs> they don't come with as many many bags <laughs> right 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 but he was super smart and super fun and he's like i'm a burner and he's a tech guy and he wanted to go out there and bring the internet to the middle of the desert so i'm like all right i'll go with you what year was that 2004 gotcha and i remember not knowing what it was it's like, oh, it's a festival in the desert. Like, I had no idea what it was. And I got on my bike and went out because he was futzing with his electronics and I couldn't watch that anymore and got out there <laughs> yeah. and realized I'm like, you didn't tell me it was an art show. You didn't tell me it was Oh, he a failed big... to mention that part. <laughs> well, you get the hippies and the parties yeah. and the whatever yeah, yeah. and the, you know, but that, but at the scale of art that it is, you're like, oh, right. oh, right. okay. Even being there, it took me a very long time before. I decided, I, you know, I'd go out there and be like, I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. Because I could see the big scale that was going yeah. on. Even the little stuff. I love the little, like a little cherry tree or a blacklight yes. chess set out in the middle of nowhere. A magnetic blacklight chess set <laughs> blew my mind. Yeah, yeah. And then Jericho Wagon had a piece out there that year that was his snake with the circles. So mm-hmm, we'll talk about mm-hmm. another Bedlam OG right there. So he had like a 170 foot mural of black light circles out there for this year of the snake. You can see that thing from everywhere and that couldn't couldn't look away. (laughs) And then to end up coming downtown and being friends. And, you know, that was, you know, right. I love that part. What a great circle that's been. And then totally at the brewery. So I'd already started on the black light path. And then they'd come over and I was still selling leather roses, like from the Renaissance Fair. During the brand, mm-hmm. maybe a few little things here and there. And Andre Maripolsky came over. Shout out Shout Andre. Out Andre. Yeah, I love him. He started it all too. So it sounds like I'm all in with the, the usual spe- suspects <laughs> as far as art in LA. And uh, he came, he's like, let me borrow your bathroom. And I had some blacklight pieces in there. And he goes, I have some glasses you need to come over and grab. I'm like, all right. 
So I went over to his place. He's like, oh, I don't think it works with my stuff because it doesn't glow. And I put them on and all of his stuff jumped off the walls. And I'm like, <laughs> and you're like, whoa, have you tried uh, these in here, dude? Like, yeah, pretty good. <laughs> and then going in and going back and seeing the koi fish and seeing all the other stuff I'd done is just like, uh, okay. So really, that was like the final piece of really off to the races with it. Yeah, mind blown, right? Did glasses mm-hmm. on, mind blown, whole yeah. new level of expression. Yeah. yeah, no, and I mean, it gets into places in your brain you're not used to using. So like you're, you know, you're exciting and activating new neurons, which is mm-hmm. pretty, not a lot of stuff does that. Right, <laughs> a lot of st- right. A lot of stuff kind of, you know, neutralizes that. So it's nice to have something that's raw. And still to this day, people walk in and it's still raw, you know, mm-hmm. it's good. And I love the reaction I get from people. It's, it's very satisfying. Well, in the scale, right? I mean, you know, we're, we're so damn numb to these fucking things, you know, uh, and I'm for the listeners who can't say I'm holding up my phone. I mean, you know, we we've gone we've gone micro with our scale. Mm-hmm. We seem to be happy with watching, you know, big blockbuster movies on our little iPhones. And, you know, there aren't a whole lot of opportunities, I guess, to to go into a space and 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 experience that kind of scale or that kind of immersive a stimulus or whatever and mm-hmm. i totally see how it could shock or awaken or stir parts of my brain that just are dormant or don't get poked much yeah. and it's got to be a good thing right yeah and with the invisible light you know uv invisible light is you know you're seeing colors and wavelengths your eyes not used to taking in as well You know, there's that little sliver of twilight that you can kind of get a little bit of UV reflection in real life. But other than that, but it's really fascinating how many things around the world glow and phosphoresce. And they just started, you know, they always had the stuff in the deep ocean. They're like bioluminescence on its own. But the stuff at the top does the same thing. But there was so much sunlight, they didn't know the difference. Mm -hmm, So they're mm -hmm. starting to like drop black lights in coral reefs and other oceans and finding out that all the fish have some sort of bioluminescence on them and stuff like that so it's really cool to see it's a very like bees can see in uv and stuff like that and that's how they perceive pollen and flowers and stuff like that it's really fascinating for the technology and to really understand that this is the rest of the world is looking at things this way and humans just aren't well, and the, yeah, the science, I mean, what's so cool about your work, you know, and the, what you're talking about is that understanding the science of, of why it makes people feel the way it makes them feel. I mean, you know, art is an emotive, powerful thing. I mean, it makes even the worst art, however you define it, will make you feel something. But to trigger the brain in the ways that the black light and the fluorescent, these different waves of light and I don't know. I mean, it's it's sort of, you know, it's very novel and innovative, but there's a science there that we don't often have with the 2D painting. Yeah, definitely. There's math in it to make sure that it gives a forced perspective and stuff like that, just mm-hmm. in colors and and then finding out if shading things helps or leaving it flat in one color gives a bigger pop. Like mm. I can I can make it do different things. I can make it one color and be able to bend it with adding white and black to it and you know still in one color like that's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's pretty good so if i could do that with all of them and you know there's all sorts of tricks and 
fun. I like having fun with it. And when I do a piece, I don't look at it right away with the glasses, like to study it and enjoy it with the mm-hmm. light. Like mm-hmm. I try when I release a piece, I, it's usually the first time I'm really there in it as well. So, yeah. So with your business, or so to speak, because I mean, you're an artist, but you have a arts business and I'm guessing depending on the client and the budget, I mean, obviously if there's a proper budget and you can create a bespoke custom experience for client, that's one thing, but I'm wondering if you have projects sort of on the shelf that people can rent and you set up, explain your business. How can companies work with you to create these immersive experiences for their community and their stakeholders? I mean, there must be bespoke options, but can people rent? Sure. No, we can rent them out. I'm just getting to the point to where the panels, I can print the panels in black light. So Mm -hmm. um, I would love to have you come over to the gallery that's up in Silver Lake for the very few more weeks left. It's at the Nutra Gallery and they're going to tear it down and do some renovations there. So, Well, let me know when you're going to be there and uh, I'll definitely come through. All sure. right. I'm aiming for the weekends. Last weekend didn't work out. My car had other ideas. Oh, so you might be there this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. Leah, let me know because what is this weekend? Oh, shit. I just realized I'm going to be... <laughs> anyway, we'll figure it out. It's open for a while. I don't have yeah. an end date, but uh, okay, yeah, good. They're, they're pretty... It's soon. It's, yeah, it's yeah, been yeah. up for a while and then Omicron hit and it's like, now I don't want anybody to come over. So like, yeah, ah, right. I want everybody yeah. to come over. Look, no, but uh, <laughs> it, it's several rooms of fun, and it, it's yeah. you know we're kind of hitting the people because we're next to the Red Lion and Cha Cha. So yes, yes, the bar scenes right there, and the dog walking scene, and the stair climbing scene. Apparently, oh, yeah. yeah, pretty big things out there. So okay, so the what's happening at Nutra Gallery? That was that bespoke, or was that something that you sort of dusted off from your portfolio? It's just stuff I have rolled up and ready to go. So there's Got stuff you, okay. can, you can rent me to come out and fulfill your uh, design and installation. You can rent installations we already have mm-hmm. in different themes from space to Asian garden mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. underwater. The underwater one's fun, but all of them are fun. Wonderland. I have a lot and then I can kind of mix and match them. So it's never quite the same thing twice. And then down to going to festivals with a single easy up tent and trying mm-hmm. to, and then it's going to be, I want to get it to where I can rent immersive tents for these big festivals for people mm-hmm. to go out and enjoy the people camping to go enjoy. And then maybe a bigger installations inside as well. So mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. be able to hit it on a couple of different income streams, I'm, I'm all about that part. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm jumping around here, but I mean, going back to Burning Man, I mean, what installations, if any, have you done on the playa? Mostly, let's see, I don't think I've done much on the playa, but I had some of the short installations kind of, we had it at the French Quarter for a second, mm-hmm. and then we had it for two years at the French Quarter with, I kind of took it one year because the partners didn't want to do it, and I'm like, it's Burning Man, I have art, I'm taking it out there. Mm-hmm. Like you can't tell me you can't tell me what to do. Telling you no, <laughs> no is a really it. bad idea. Yeah, right. Because I'm here to make good things happen. I'm not yes. here to like telling me no or you can't do something. What happened to radical acceptance? <laughs> <You know? laughs> no, I'm just gonna just do yeah. it. You're not, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, they had a lot of. I, I don't know. I think they were afraid to like pull the trigger and do the business. 
but oh, then okay. they they kind of had a different business model that wasn't involving the art so yeah right right <laughs> unfortunate to like get tied up in that for a second but i feel better now right now i've been working with dave taylor for the destiny lounge and nice. dave is one of the executives over at sonova tv and video so mm-hmm. he's been like the guy on the earphones for a lot of the big shows the oscars mm. the kennedy centers like yeah, he, yeah he's a legend in himself but also like this amazing producer and he was already he's like oh i already have a tent and i already have this thing and he asked me to come and design use the black light to do the vortex of destiny his burning man project so that it became a collaboration and it's it's one of the the playa's big hits We'll have a line for an hour or two when that thing's up and running because it just <laughs> blows your doors off. Are we going to see it uh, in 2022? We're talking about it. We are talking nice. about it. She's a nice. beast. She's a beast to drag out. And she's you know, like, now that people know it's a 20, you know, I mean, if we could keep it running 24 seven, there'd be people in it 24 seven. She's a beast. Kind of ruins your vacation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Wow. So cool. My intention is to go this year, so hopefully we'll see each other out there in the dust. That would be wonderful. Yeah, I would love that. Come, Scott. Come. Come, I, I'm, Come to I'm, the playa. <laughs> I miss it. I've only been a couple times, but I look forward to getting back, man. I mean, it's such a no no place like it on Earth, except it's for that very true. week. <laughs> that one it's week. very true. Yeah. It's a shooting star in the sky. If you weren't there to see it, you missed it. Yeah, and and no matter where you are, you're you're seeing the coolest, most fabulous thing, and you're still missing it because that's totally. going on everywhere around you. You have you to, literally yeah. scratch the surface. Yeah, you yeah. literally scratch the surface. I mean, that's we were on Esplanade at three o'clock one year with the vortex and and a f- big underwater installation on the corner, and it wasn't just blacklight in three D; it was also kinetic. So the wind, it was meant to move in the so wind. So cool, yeah. Like, it was pretty cool to have it out in that taking some dust. Yeah, it took a, <laughs> yeah. took a lot of wind and still like be active. I didn't really leave camp the entire week because I was right. just going to be yeah. present yeah. for it all. Yeah. That's kind of the downside, right? When you really, you know, make a commitment to build a camp and depending on how sophisticated the camp is, yeah, you may not go, you may not get out there much. It looked kind of scary. There's just so many people. And I'm like a dark wad, like all this color behind me, but I want to go out in my hoodie and, you know, <laughs> and, and not, I don't want to blink. I don't want to, like, I, I glow. I don't blink. So, right, right, right. And, uh, and uh, it's dangerous. <laughs> I had a glowing cup. I was walking one time. Some guy ran right into me because he didn't, he was just high and didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. There's just, and the more it's gotten people like that, like you kind of need to be, you got to be vigilant, man. Yeah. You got to have a perimeter. Yeah. Maybe a, maybe a safety net or gate between you and yeah. Whoever. Cause it's a little, it's crazy out there at the moment. Yeah. I mean, I had a, I had a a funny thing that (laughs) I guess kind of a funny thing that happened to me a couple of years ago. So I had gone out on my bike early in the evening. So it was like, you know, I don't know, eight o'clock or something. And it was earlier in the week. It was like a Monday or Tuesday night. And I was out there on the playa, deep playa, whatever. I'm on my bike by myself. And I roll past this art installation that is not illuminated. Okay. There were no lights on it. Right. And I just roll up on it and I'm like, wow, this is really dangerous. Like I, you know, like 
if somebody's going to hit this thing. Cause, I mean, it's, there's no lights. I don't know. I'm, hopefully they're going to put on lights. I don't know. But this thing's sitting out here in the darkness. No, no illumination. Cut to like three hours later, four hours later, lots of drinks, couple joints, like whatever was in my system. I'm out with, you know, eight of my friends and we're rolling deep playa and wham, I run right into it. <laughs> that's, yep. <laughs> How the did I not see that knew coming? where it was, yeah. No, and that's, you know, that's Burning Man in a nutshell, really. Totally, right? <laughs> that is right it. Into it. <laughs> right oh, into it. Totally. Goodness, goodness, goodness. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, the randomness out there, I mean, you could never, none of it you can expect. I mean, that, no. that's what we go out there for, just kind of get like, what? <laughs> oh my gosh yeah and it's just the people that you see it's like you know i've been out there in the middle of nowhere and run into somebody that i haven't seen in years oh know? totally yeah totally and then be out there and not see anybody yeah <laughs> right, so right. funny there was one time and i legend is that daft punk did play one year and so we were out, we were out we got stuck in a, a whiteout i lost all my friends i go to this little temple and i'm just sitting there thinking I mean, it's barely like sitting under, like it's this big. Yeah. yeah. This guy comes up and he sits down next to me and he's French and he's talking. He was like, wow, I did LSD for the first time last night. I had no idea that the the information would come from within. I thought I was going to be presented with something. I I didn't know I was going to manifest. It's like, well, yeah, I go, well, welcome, you know, welcome to the light. And (laughs) he kind of toddles off and. I'm watching this Daft Punk special, and I'm like, that's the son of a bitch I was sitting next to. (laughs) 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 Like, it had to be him. Like, that guy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's lovely. That's delightful. I love that story. But that's the randomness of of being out there, you know? Just never know. (sighs) Totally. 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 But, you know, don't go into it easy. It is not an easy vacation to manifest to be ready for if you're not ready i mean it takes some some planning and some professionalism absolutely the best thing you can do is to try to go with somebody who's gone before just to help you know have a little bit of a guy a little bit of a shepherd but as i've said to people you know if you don't yes the art is great and the culture and the music and god knows what else i mean it's all wonderful amazing inspiring stuff but if you don't like camping mm-hmm hardcore camping with real weather, you may not enjoy it. You know what I mean? Like just know that it is a camping trip. Yeah. A camping expedition. A expedition, right? Because Definitely. I mean, you said it because like just getting a fucking ticket for the thing is a, <laughs> is a nightmare. A and then experience. you, <laughs> and then you get, and you know, it's a rite of passage. You have, if you want to be there, you have to want to be there. Cause it's a, t- they, it's not easy to get there. And then when you are there, depending on the weather and the elements and everything else, you're out of doors, living out of doors for several days. Or get an RV if you're a pussy. Get an RV. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Just or if fine. you've just, you know, or if you've done enough camping, you're like, no, 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 I deserve an RV. <laughs> you know, like, and for me, like, I'll go out there and just like lay on a cushion. Yeah. I'm super baller in the dust. Like it doesn't phase yeah, me. Yeah. 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 I can't do RVs out there because it's like, why'd you come outside? You're like, (laughs) (laughs) but I I understand how some people find them comfortable and necessary. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I have. I mean, trust me, I will qualify this. 
I'm a serious camper. I've done a lot of outdoor stuff over the years all over the world. So I don't, I, you know, it's not the elements don't scare me. But I have done the RV thing. You know, I've shared an RV. The first year I was crashing in an RV that a friend of mine had. That can get weird. Well, you did, but it didn't, thankfully. <laughs> but it, <laughs> what did I do the second year? I think I, maybe I did a similar thing. And then, oh, no, no, that's right. I did rent a little RV. Anyway, doesn't matter. We want to encourage people to go, don't we? We don't, we don't want to scare people away. Yeah. We, we want I mean, people what, to what, come. What, come to the playa. What you think is going to be your problem is, is not your problem out there. You think the dust yeah. and the heat is going to be your problem? I'm like, you go out at night. Like, <laughs> it's not a problem. <laughs> cold is a problem. Yes. First time I went, it was super hot, and, this, and it wasn't ever cold. And then the next year, I only brought, like, things for the daytime and i oh suffered greatly by not packing correctly yes so. the night the nighttime can be brutal yes yeah cool. and you know, so when in the day cold. the swing yeah. is is the swing is real but it is there's plenty of places to be comfortable out there mm, mm. So. yes yes and yes. the destiny lounge where we are is it is all about being comfortable there so i love that part about mm. it it's great mm. So on your website, I noticed that there were some photos that seemed to imply that you had done some work either with or adjacent to Meow Wolf. I went there for, they call me and then they, they don't. <laughs> oh, okay. So, All right, so. Well, for Area 15, I went and they called me because they were sampling their merch booth that needed to be blacklit. And they're like, just come out and do something. So that's where that picture came from. Was Right on. The Meow Wolf logo, the Henry Chang mobile, one yeah. of my pop-up tents. Those are the things that I'm working on producing for, they can go everywhere. So you order a Blacklight Easy Up and it shows up. And that's what they did is they ordered a Blacklight Easy Up and it showed up. So, and then got they, it, got they it. did their merch booth in there and had a little fun and got to know some of the kids over at Area 15. And I adore them. And what they've done is is huge. So... Yeah. I mean, all of it. It's all huge, like what it's done for arts and artists. Right. Couldn't right. be more thrilled for everybody involved in that. So the Area 15 is the Vegas location, right? Correct. Correct. Right, son, right. I see my son is like, I'm moving. Yeah, you're about to get bl bl blinded <laughs> by the sun there. <laughs> you may want to get your shades. <laughs> but the shadow is like right here. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Just like cut in half. Yeah, really yeah. That's, that's very funny. It's like, yeah. Here, we'll there you go. Okay. <laughs> For our listeners like who don't know what's happening, poor Debbie, her the, the the sun is shifting in her in her studio, and it's about to blind her or cut think, her head off. I think I it's going to come this way. I think we're going to yeah, be yeah. okay, but it's just okay. Okay, just going okay good. To... <laughs> do you meditate? Do you what do you what do you do for for health and wellness? Painting is my meditation. Yeah, and cutting out a lot of people that stress me out. That is my that is my wellness theory these yeah days. <laughs> true man bad company corrupts corrupts yeah. man yeah and weed you got to keep the as an artist the weed <laughs> is part of the process i'm guessing indica all any okay yeah indica's okay. good yeah okay so but i mean if you had to choose sativa hybrid or indica what are you going definitely with? an indica girl yeah yeah okay Okay. Or as my Canadian friends say, in the couch. <laughs> in the couch. I don't know. It depends. You know, eating it, I don't like eating it, but smoking it every, you know, keeps, keeps it all functional. And I love all the medical research coming out on, oh, yeah. it's actually really good for you. Like, 
how did I know that? <laughs> right, right, right. How did, yeah, yeah, duh. <laughs> you know? I, well, and, and it's so wonderful. And I mean, still being on tour, like, you know, you go to Texas and everybody's like, what are you doing? You know, and I mean, they're all doing it too, but uh, yeah. you know, it, there's definitely, I mean, thank God California got their shit together and just went, we don't care anymore. Like, do it. Right, right, like, it's right. Everything. You know, I just love going to MedMen. People walk out there like it's Christmas every day. Like, <laughs> well, here's the truth. I mean, we'd never, never cause the bar fight. I'm sorry. Give me a yeah. fucking break. Ever. <laughs> oh, it has saved other people's lives in my world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm with you. I mean, I like the shit so powerful now that you mm-hmm. have to almost microdose. But like, I've always been kind of a microdose kind of a guy. It's like one hit, boom. I mean, just takes the edge off. You're you're functional. Oh yeah, you can go over there and do stuff. Yeah, do stuff. Yeah, it, uh, but you know, back in the '80s, you could smoke a whole joint and still function. You know what I mean? And I, you know, every person I've met in the growing uh, trade these days, I've said, "Could you please grow me some 1984?" Because you know, <laughs> this this shit these days, I mean, it blows my head off. Like I, I can only take like one hit because if I take two, I'm done. You know, well, I'll bring you something nice. How's that? I got some nice organic. Yeah. Ah, all right. Cut. I love something nice. <laughs> all right. Into it. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. I'm an indica guy. I mean, I you know, I'll do hybrid, but the sativa stuff. If I don't, you know, if I'm gonna, I certainly cannot do sativa if it's any later than 10 a.m. <laughs> you know, oh. because <laughs> the cool kids tell me sativa for, for breakfast. Hybrid for lunch, indica for dinner, you know, because like this is because the sativa stirs you up, gets you going for the day, which is why it's a nice morning time smoke, because, you know, you got to get going, you got to get your day ahead on. And then lunch, the hybrid, obviously you want to kind of transition out of that, you know, but yet you still can't just chill out because you still have stuff to do. So the hybrid is nice. And then, of course, at dinner time, you're trying to unwind and you want to, you know, eventually go to sleep. So the, the indica is the way to go. Now, I have not done that. (laughs) I'm like, there's rules. Wow. All right. (laughs) But I have noticed I did a while back, uh, you know, a couple of years, whatever, years ago, whatever. I smoked a J with somebody and I just was like, so in my head, I was like, what is going on? It was like, oh, it's a sativa. And I was like, okay, this is not my jam. You know, like I, I, I'm a, apparently you, I'm Canadian. I like the into couch, you know. So the, the first we finally, so I finally opened an immersive speaking of all that. And our first tour was the smoke a bong with Tommy Chong. And oh. so they came in the whole party bus got off in, it was called Zentopia and it was over on the West side in Culver city. Yes. So it was all, we had a big party, big table, right. everybody party. And I'm like, and hot box in the museum of all my artwork. I'm like, did I just open a smoking lounge? And I'm like, hey, like <laughs> didn't mean to do that, but that right. was how we broke the installation in. And, and happy was, accident. I love that. That was really a great, I was like, okay, memories. That was a good one. I love that. That's very it cool. It doubles for many reasons. So, and I would really like to come up with some, weed themed party designs and stuff like that to where it can be utilized and the psychedelics as well that are coming out like all that legalization coming forward too like 100 percent. have i got something for you, you know? well by the way it is just a matter of time before artists get flooded i think my prediction here before artists see a lot of revenue coming their way from 
cannabis brands because as they become more and more popular, illegalized, whatever, I mean, like any other brand, like any other company, they're going to have to market, they're going to have to compete, they're going to have to build customer trial and loyalty. And so building those marketing experiences that align with the experience of smoking good herb, my God, the arts and artists are the perfect partners. I mean, I had a call this week, a friend of mine who actually back in my agency days, I mean, he was my client. He was the head marketing guy for Sam Adams. Sam Adams was a client for years. And his name's Rob. And Rob is now with a company. It's about a $150 million cannabis company. They have several brands. They're in several states, not all 50, but they're growing. He's super excited about the opportunity. We were talking about this. He's, he was asking me, I, hey, I need to work with some artists. Can you refer me? To, I'm like, absolutely, I can. You know, But I, th- you know, I think it's a good, the future is bright for a, a cool relationship, collaborative uh, kind of relationship between the cannabis industry and the creative industries. Sure. I'd love to. We had gone out to Vegas for the Immersive Industry Forum Summit at Area 15 earlier this year. Wait, so wait, hold on, back up. So there is an immersive industry conference? Yeah. I want to go to that. When is the next one? Let's go. The next one is in February. I'll double check on that with Noah Nelson. So I would love to to go and be a fly on the wall with that. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah, you'd be perfect there. I'll see what I can do for you. Okay, cool. Awesome. Yeah, we digress, but you should be a speaker there. Yeah. But I mean, for well, no, immersive. We're talking about immersive. Yeah. Um, While we were at the immersive conference, we took our hotel room and turned the hotel room into an immersive experience. Nice. Called the the Glotel Room copyright. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dot com. <laughs> yeah. So working on it. So now with the whole hotel room for your like EDC experience or your festival experience, you rent a hotel room. Or even just going out and being on a date with your girlfriend, like hanging out in this room and not leaving. Mm, because mm-hmm. you're tripping out in the room and you're mm-hmm. having a good time or you got mm-hmm. a place to come back to that mm-hmm. the room itself becomes a psychedelic yeah. area yeah. and gift shop you can take any of it home too so right 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 so i'm working i'm working on some some things here i love it i uh, take well, it to the next level so not that this is anybody's business listening but since we're talking and time is of the essence i'll just i'll just go ahead and approach the subject now for all to hear we do have to figure out how to team up and create a like not real art immersive experience. I mean, so let's talk about that. Talk about that a little bit. I mean, if I called you up and I said, Debbie, we got to create this not real art immersive experience. What would you tell me? Scott, you can't afford me. <laughs> would you no, say, Scott, I- we should do it here. We should, you know, th- this is what we need. I mean, like take me through that conversation because I'm actually excited about the idea of us trying to figure out what we could do. You need a, a location. Yep. A decent location. Yep. With parking. With parking's a big one. And staff. Yeah. The right. Staff that gets up pretty quick. You know, yep. our bottom line for three people with, I mean, it was like 12 grand a month. Right. Hard costs. Right. And that's three people and a store. Right. Like 4,500 square feet. So, I mean, that adds up fast with your business taxes and everything. Yeah. But, yeah. When you start getting the people in and stuff like that, like it starts, it takes care of itself. Yeah, hopefully. It does, yeah. You know, it was Zentopia. We were pretty, we had like, you know, Secret LA come in and promote mm-hmm. it and a lot mm-hmm. of the online stuff and mm-hmm. like 
Groupon. Like I was on yeah. Groupon, super yeah. weird. But they would bring people in. And so there was almost no marketing budget up front because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it was all like, hey, if you will front you the mm-hmm. info and mm-hmm. use ours and then we'll take it based on your ticket sales, based yeah. on what they bring you. It's like, what a great business model. I don't have to do anything. Like yeah. I can send you some PR and send you some things. And mm-hmm. and that is a great business model. Like, you know, they've made it really easy. Fever, they've made it really easy to be put these immersives together. But also you need something that doesn't suck because a lot of them have some really janky stuff in them a lot of the i've been to some of the immersives around and you know they're trying it's a lot but it's not a lot of skilled art so it's nice to see that you know the artist instead of just a bunch of blinky things or right right well that i mean not to jump around but i mean that that does remind me of a question i wanted to ask you because i mean clearly whether it's the Van Gogh experience or now the new Frida experience or, you know, this wisdom LA is like doing all this stuff. I mean, what say you about what's happening around the, of course, I think the Van Gogh exhibit started in France and sort of went on world tour from there, whatever. But what say you about this, this new business model that's popped up where uh, it's arguably a gateway drug experience for people who maybe don't go to art museums or aren't necessarily art lovers. I think it's 100%. I took my niece to Van Gogh over here uh-huh. in Anaheim, and my niece and my mom, and they're both like, what is this? And it was great to like walk in with three generations and get everybody's kind of perspective on what was going on. Everybody had a nice time. It's like, yeah. let's go. Everybody go somewhere and enjoy something. Yeah. You know, they might have, you know, my niece is eight. She might not have gotten a lot of it, but I got some really cute pictures yeah. of her involved in there, and that's yeah. going to be like her day to remember it. And it it wasn't horrible or scary. She doesn't like scary things. So it's right, like, right. you know, let's, I think there's absolute, I love the new market for that. I would love one to be done with my stuff since I have a ton of content and it's designed to be an immersed to where none of that was. Right, right. So I'm actually kind of like feeling the waters up to see how we can make that happen. Oh, cool. To where it could be the Debbie Cable th- and then you walk yes. in with the glasses, which takes what even what they're doing to the next level as well. Right, so right. Yeah. If, if anybody's out there with some skills on that, like, let's throw that together. And I think that could be, especially since they're building little, you know, makeshift arenas for that to be pretty yeah, mobile. Yeah. Well, it seems like at least as it relates to this Wisdom LA thing or whatever in Hollywood there by the old Amoeba, I mean, sure. or the old Amoeba, they've built a semi-permanent kind of location, right? Yeah. And they've got some stuff going on there. I forget what, it, I forget how they're branding it, but Android Jones does a lot of stuff out there. They started in Russia. So oh, yeah? I, I think the wisdom's that I know when I go over there, I don't know, I'm spoiled. I like walking into a place. Where everybody's like, Daddy! and when they don't know who I am and they give me grief, I, <laughs> right. I, you know, and, I mean, there isn't a, don't you know, but it's like, really, you can act like that. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mystic Universe is what is the word I was trying to think of. I think it's called the Mystic Universe. Uh, that is they've that got their over there. show on right now? Okay. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. Adjacent yeah. to the, they're over on uh, was that Palmetto Street? Yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I, you know, I love their business model. I love what they're doing. I yeah. think, I mean, you know, there's room for all of it. I am right. absolutely. But the one thing with mine versus the digital stuff is. It's hard for me to have like a digital aspect in my thing because people are so programmed to watching that, that it becomes the mind numbingness. And even if it's my work that's digital, you're reading it with a different part of the brain. And what makes what I do 
stand apart is it's you creating it in your brain when you show your brain is actually doing the work and that's it's not you're just like looking at something or having information fed to it you're experiencing the depth of the information like you're having your own experience instead of having it fed to you so right 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 it'd be interesting to see that model work on both of those levels yeah 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 no man i mean i'm i'm stoked i mean you know because Part of what I love about what they're doing around all this stuff is, as I described it earlier, I mean, it's a gateway to culture. It's a gateway drug to enjoying art, enjoying culture. And, you know, and for people who, because as artists, right, we want to grow the market for art. I mean, the elitist, you know, blue chip traditional fine art world of the nine figure auction sales prices, that's its own ecosystem. That's its own business model. God bless them, whatever. But the reality is there's- You're not going to be alive to enjoy that process. Well, well, exactly. (laughs) And, and, you know, and 99.9% of people could never enjoy that process, right? Even, you know, and the point is, is that how, so then how do we educate people around art? How do we make art more accessible? How do we democratize art to use a, you know, a operative phrase? And it's these kinds of little innovations, right? These kinds of little business models that introduce people to something maybe they didn't know about ahead of time. And then they start, the veil goes away, the shroud goes away around what art might mean or what Van Gogh might mean or whatever. And then next thing you know, somebody's spending a 500 bucks to buy an original piece from Debbie Cable that they you know wouldn't have done otherwise or whatever. And so anything that's going to nurture and empower and invite more people into this world that we love, this world of art, this world of culture, you know, I say, God bless them. Like let more of it, please. You know, Absolutely. Yeah. Everything we can do to like stick more art and education. Like yes. I learned stuff at Van Gogh, like that's right. A little bit more about his life. Like let's mm-hmm. learn about this icon in history. Like I don't think there's a lot of places that you go for entertainment that are educational. So yeah, like right. more, yeah, let's learn something. Oh, and it's pretty and I don't have to think too hard. And I yeah. can sit here on this cushion and be immersed and be inspired. And, I, you know, people are coming out of that and being like, oh, what can I do? Or how does that affect me? Or even just having conversations, you know, my my niece went home and told all about it mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. have something that that's visceral for a kid to enjoy and talk about is huge. I took her to the uh, Arboretum. Because we had our, mm-hmm. our the last of the, I had four installations at the LA Arboretum mm-hmm. Lightscape show this mm-hmm. year, mm-hmm. which was outstanding. Like, uh, I think they figured maybe 130,000 people attended. Oh, awesome. And yeah, just to get everybody out in the winter and go for a walk around the park. Wonderful. And to take her over there and to be able to show her the art and the trees and get out and and really enjoy being, have a conversation and, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. get to see each other instead of being on lockdown or, or in your own bubble. Like, oh, look, people. You know. Do you know, does the name Night of the Jack mean anything to you? Do you know Night of the Jack? The Halloween things. Yeah, the Halloween yeah. things mm-hmm. out in Malibu, yeah. sort of Westlake Village, whatever it is, uh, off, of, off the 101 at Canaan or whatever the hell it is. Oh, sure. Well, as a dad, right, you know, uh, two kids under nine this year, this uh, last Halloween, we took our kids uh, to Nia the Jack for the first time. I'd never been. 
And what a cool, amazing thing. And, you know, of course, the cynical capitalist in me is like, man, they're printing money. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like it was incredible. I mean, but the power of art, the power of design, the power of experience, you know, to, to design this thing for a whole family and, you know, they run it for, and, but yet the production value is off the charts. The amount of, nice. of, of art, artistry in the, in the carvings of these pumpkins and the sculptures and the, you know, I mean, it's just epic. But it was just one more example. Yeah, just one more example of how we can start to introduce people and kids to art, you know. Yeah, it was fun. Um, I had taken when the first winter when COVID, we were still shut down, took my niece to the Insomniac drive through out at Santa Mm -hmm. Anita. And, you know, so she was in one car and we're like FaceTime each other while we're in the (laughs) car together. But I mean, I roll in there and on the video clip is on the sizzle reel is a clip of my installation. So like I was what? there. No like, permission? You were there. No, no, no. I believe it's in the contract. Do they have rights they, to that? They have every right they want to on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm the one that signs away my stuff. Yeah. But, you know, to have a picture and be like, look, I'm part of this cool thing and get to show her yeah. that, look, this is a big deal. I only had five seconds on the screen, but I'm. I'm attached to it. And, yes, yes. And, you know, and affiliated with it. And then, you know, to be a part of that. And I mean, I was talking to the people we did one of the installations with the, the other day. And they're not like the or drive through for the Orange County Fairgrounds. I'm like, I did all the specs on that during COVID, but I couldn't bring everybody down here to stay in a hotel. Yeah, right. <laughs> so yeah. maybe now is good. Let's reinvestigate that. because. Mm-hmm, so, I mean, they had 7,000 people a night at the Arboretum at $35 a ticket. I'll let you do the math on that. God bless them. That's that's awesome. Good for, for them, man. For months. You yeah. know, I mean, it was yeah. a large. And they had, but they had also had 14 shows going on simultaneously doing that. Right, right, right. right. And so who's behind a, that? Who, that who's was the producer? A culture Creative out of the UK. And right, uh, they, right. they did a beautiful job. Like, it was really... Yeah. Very, very tight, very polished till I got there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mix it up for him, huh? I am the chaos in the art world. And I just, love it. I love it. I'm such a whirlwind trying to get stuff done. And I'm usually pretty, like, I get some help. But for the most part, like, it's me. And it's a lot. How deep is your bench? I mean, when you have the budget to really hire assistants and have the, do you have like a go, you must have a go-to short list of folks that you can really count on. Sure. You know, my, but my, my <laughs> friend, not. no, no, I don't. No, sure. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, everybody's kind of moved away. That's just right. it. Like my, my buddy, Tony Duran, he's been there since day one, but he has a, a caroling business. Like he has his own business and busy and God bless him for any time that he comes and, and yes. spends and helps. And then my girl, my best friend, Ajna, she just moved to Austin and, you know, she helps come and helps with a bunch of stuff and put it together. So and then David Simmons, a short list. He helps with a lot. And then we did a big show during COVID. Then he had a heart attack like three days later. He's <gasps> fine. He's oh, fine. Boy. But it's like, oh, oh my boy. God, did I do that? Like, ah. You know. <laughs> it's not yeah. about you, Debbie. <laughs> I just, no, did I did you I always break have to make you? it about you, don't you? <laughs> did I break you? You know? Yeah, well, yeah. you know, you have guilt, you know, you want to make totally, sure like, oh. totally. Then my art manager, Allison Levers, you know, she's up in, she moved up to Seattle. So she's the one who's still been designing my clothing line, which is insane right now. So I'm really excited. That's exciting. When's that going to drop? 
It's out on my merch on the website. Oh, okay, like cool, cool. I also need a better PR person because I'm not so good for myself. So, like that's you <laughs> yes, know, I can yes, only do a... every little bit. You get what you get. So, and sometimes it's a surprise. And I had all this merch that I bought, and it sold out like almost the first day we had it all in the store. So Boom! I need good more, for you. So, that's so cool. Yeah, it's it's fun. I get mauled because it's like nothing anybody's ever seen. You know. I wore the double dragons to Disney and I like teenage boys like, whoa, where'd you get that? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah, that's right. Feeling good. Feeling confident. Nice. You know, especially listen, right. I mean, you know, you, your, your perspective is so unique and fresh and beautiful and um, just, I mean, you know, and, and that's going to resonate with people, right? Like, because we know we live in a world of same, same, and when you see something that is fresh and novel and beautiful, I mean, it, you're going to, you know, I, th- I think you're going to hear about it. I'm looking forward to it. We're trying to trying to get, you know, it's a lot of money to try and buy a lot to put yeah. in, in a space. And, you know, I, I have the room dedicated to other things. Right, right. Like barrels of art and rolls of art that are everywhere. So... Yeah. Yeah. Your storage situation must be intense. <laughs> you know what? It rolls. You'd be surprised how small it gets down. Okay. To. Oh, you could. Yeah. Well, well, it's, yeah. It, you said it earlier and I wanted to ask you about this before we go here, but you talked about now you're able to print stuff, right? Yeah. So like, so what yeah, is this? So does that mean you're creating, are you creating on the computer and then printing it at scale or are you painting it? You know, like, what is that process? What do you mean printing? Painting it. Okay. Photographing it. Got it. High res photograph. Got it. And then printing the photographs. Got it. Got that it. Look, I mean, you can pick up the pits up the brush strokes. Like it's really amazing. Yeah. At the gallery right now, like I say, we're hoping it'll be up for another couple of weeks. So yeah, yeah. If if you're in that window, let me know because it's yeah, a, I will. Ne- next week, in all candor, in all candor. Mm-hmm. So what's ha- I've got actually the issue is I have. Co- I mean. I have company coming into town on Wednesday and I'm screwed, you know, like I'm, I'm excited they're coming, but I'm just like, you know, this week's fucked. Right. So next week, this is one of the places you bring company to. That is true. Although not I'm sure I mean, you're speaking, <laughs> you know, I, trust me when I say all of your beauty and your magic will be lost on this person. Okay. Oh. <laughs> so I haven't lost one yet. I take that challenge. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we'll see, but yes, at the very least, I'm going to get over there next week. I promise. Okay, I want to check okay. it out, but I'd love to see you if we can meet up there. Yeah, it's not open without me, so you have to let me know. Oh, you have okay, you have to go. All right, you got the keys of the kingdom. I love ding, it. Ding. Yeah, Dolce Stein, let me have the let me take over for the last this is nice. their last show at the Nutra before they go in for renovations. So oh wow. It's okay. gonna be go back to being a strictly ar- architectural museum for the Nutras. So Got it, got it. Wow. So okay, so but you printed most of the stuff there. Is that what you're trying to tell me? Half of it's printed, half of it's originals. Okay. So. Okay. I'm just, I'm working on, my printer has been MIA for a few months. It's like, we yeah. did all this printing and then it's like, where'd you go? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Uh, back online. So hopefully I know COVID has kind of shifted everybody's reality in some ways or another. So mm-hmm. just trying to process through that and, and get to the next level. So yeah, I can print them, but I can ship 240 linear feet in one box of a mural or an installation. Amazing. Yeah. Incredible. Really a game changer. Yeah. Yeah. So what are the characteristics of a good space? I mean, obviously I'm, I'm guessing you're happy to 
take on any space as a challenge, but have you noticed like certain characteristics or certain attributes of an ideal space? Like what does it take to really design the best experience, I guess, from a spatial perspective? You know what? Every one of them is different. Yeah. Every time it's different. It's a different space. I, I've been in all the theaters on Broadway and kind of, you know, done parties in the underground there and Mm -hmm. the globe we did. That's a beautiful space to be able to hang in. Mm Mm-hmm. Something with kind of a medium ceiling to where I can mm-hmm. get up and don't have to get up too high to hang things to where it feels like you're immersed and I can bring four walls. I mean, the tents, I can put it, you got a cord, I can run electricity. Like we right. can make a thing happen from pipe and base to a easy up to at EDC, we had a 60 by 60 tent, which is mm-hmm. gigantic. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the Nutra's got to be 2,500 square feet and right. have like seven different rooms in there that are completely immersive and, and each one's totally different. Right. Right. So it's exciting. Okay. Okay. Cool. It always cool. changes and it's never the same thing twice. Yes. And then this year we did the Sherman gardens, which was in Newport beach. And we did an underwater installation in a hundred year old succulent garden. Oh, and that wow. was insane. So is that why that you're into succulents these days? Or very, uh... well, I, I was always kind of pro succulent. <laughs> right, okay. I'm very, I'm very okay. uh yeah, I got a, a nice San Pedro today. I'm very excited. And barrel Ooh. cactus. Yeah. So very excited to grow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Little yeah. things. Yeah. So All right, yeah, I love, love making things grow and painting beautiful things for everybody. So, well, Debbie Cable, that's why we love you. And we're so grateful Thank for you, you and, yeah. and your vision and your hard work and your dedication. Thank you for all you do. Please come back. And talk to us again. And for the listeners on the other end here who are dying to check your stuff out online, where can they find you? I am through all social media platforms at D-E-B-I Cable, Debbie Cable 3D.com, Facebook, Debbie Cable 3D Blacklight Experience, Instagram, Debbie Cable 3D. And that is Debbie D-E-B-I. Yeah. Cable, C-A-B-L-E, 3D, DebbieCable3D.com on the socials, DebbieCable3D. Yeah. People, go look her up. Make it happen. Yeah. yeah, the gallery page there is a good, if you're feeling down, it'll lift you up. It's a good page. To it is a great page, yes. Pretty pictures, thanks. Yes, yes. Appreciate it. Well, Debbie Cable, you're the best. Thanks so much for your time, and I can't wait to see you in person. All right, thanks, Scott. Good to see you, buddy. Thanks. All right, my friend. Cheers. Yay, bye. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Not Real Art Podcast. Please make sure to like this episode, write a review, and share with your friends on social. Also, remember to subscribe so you get all of our new episodes. Not Real Art is produced by Crew West Studios in Los Angeles. Our theme music was created by Ricky Peugeot and Desi DeLauro from the band Parlor Social. Not Real Art is created by We Edit Podcasts and hosted by Captivate. Thanks again for listening to Not Real Art. We'll be back soon with another inspiring episode celebrating creative culture and the artists who make it.